Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the This Is Ibrits podcast. I'm your host Ross Chalmers and this is our match preview for the first of the split fixtures for Rangers as they took on Aberdeen at home at Ibrooks on Sunday. And I've got two good guests tonight joining me for this one. First of all, Scott Mitchell, how are you, Scott? Uh, depressed and annoyed. Um, you'll, you'll see that over the course of this 30 minutes, I'm sure. Very much summing up how the, the whole support, I think, feels at the moment. So you're definitely not alone in that one. And we've also got Reese. How are you, Reese? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Well, I know. We're, we're all in the same situation, isn't it? There's no point in, in trying to, you know, make it sound better than it is. We're all kind of suffering at the moment when it comes to the Rangers. But listen, we're here to still preview the game. That's what it's all about. And uh, yeah, we'll get stuck right into it. So it's obviously Aberdeen at uh, Ibrox this Sunday. Uh, Aberdeen actually come into the game in really good form under Bayer Robson. They've won seven games leading up to this one. That unfortunately includes a win against us at Petrodri uh, two weeks ago. They're five points clear in third at the moment, and they're looking to secure European football. Will guarantee European football next year against ahead of Hearts, and obviously that's a remarkable turnaround for Aberdeen from where they were without loss to Arvel early on this season. They've they've turned it around under Bayer Robson. Looks like he's got the players back on side, working hard. So. They've managed to change their fortunes pretty well. So, Reese, we'll come to you first. Then, you know what kind of what kind of Aberdeen are you expecting to see at Ibrooks this weekend? I think we've seen at Petodri that they were a team that day very much playing for transitions, trying to win the ball off Rangers in dangerous areas and try and hit us in the counter attack. I think you have to say they were, you know, the the second goal from Miofsky was good that day. The first goal was a bit of a fluke from Liam Scales, as much as he's going to deny that. What are you expecting? Are you expecting a different approach from Aberdeen this weekend, or are you expecting to see very much the same as what we've seen at Petodri that day? See, Aberdeen are interesting because I think under Robson, they've went back to almost the same way they were under McInnes. They're quite combative. They'll try and match you physically, but technically they're 
equally probably as good. Um, in the last seven, they've only conceded one. Only conceded one goal in that run of seven wins. So, But it's hard when you look at the stats to distinguish between Robson and Goodwin before him. Because they've got tw- their expected goals are at 27, they've actually got 33. So they're overperforming expected goals. You would expect that to kind of even itself out. So, but especially with set-piece goals, they're only seventh in the league. If you were to go with most to least, they're seventh for set-piece goals. The Rangers are joint first with 17. Aberdeen are just on 10. Only three teams have conceded more set-piece goals this season, which I found quite interesting. They've conceded 12 Rangers have conceded 10, the most in the league's 14, so it's actually not that, you know, distant between top and bottom, but I just a really physical side, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of that at, at Pataudry that day, definitely like a team that was right up for it. I think we always see that against Rangers, to be honest with you, so maybe it's a wee bit difficult to, to tell the difference when we're watching it from a Rangers perspective, but... Aberdeen are always going to be a team that's up for it, and they're always they're always looking to take points off us off of us, especially at Ibrooks. Scott, what about yourself then? In in terms of obviously, I asked Reese the question of you know, do you expect anything different from Aberdeen? Maybe different approach, or, or is there any players in there that you're maybe looking out for? You know, we did see Miofsky with a really good header uh, a couple of weeks ago. Is there any players in there that you know that we should be looking at in terms of danger men? I mean, there's, there's the obvious one that you've pointed out there, Miofsky. There's, there's Duke as well, although I don't think he's ever really shown up against us. Um, he is obviously very prolific in the league, especially against the you know the other uh, ten teams, uh, sorry, nine teams that are in the league. Um, so I Duke's probably one of them. Late Clarkson's one I think that is really, really important for Aberdeen, and I think he played really well second half against us. So he's one that we really need to get out on top of. Just really to echo everything that Reese said, though. I mean. I don't think they'll change much. I don't see the, I don't see them having the ability to change much. I think their style is pretty much cemented. They're going to play that way against the majority of teams, win or lose. Um, but I think it's important just to kind of sit back and take stock because if you look at the game as a whole up at Pataudry, we should have been clear by half-time. You know, we, we really should have. We shouldn't have lost that game. I don't think it's controversial to say that. It's going to sound like sour grapes and, you know, if my, my granny had boys, she'd be my uncle, that sort of thing. I know that's what we're looking at here, but we really should have been out of sight. So we don't need to do much different. Um, but I still expect it to be a tight game. And as we say, they're a very, very physical team and they're solid. They are really solid. So it'll be a tough game, but it's one that we need to see through and we need to get a result in for the fans. I think that game kind of set us up our season, to be honest, Scott, with the the inability to take chances. I think we've seen that last weekend at Hamden with Celtic. We are really lacking clinicalness in that forward line right now. And uh, that day at Pataudry was it was very much the same. I think that first half, I totally agree with you. I remember sitting watching the game at home and feeling, I don't understand how this team aren't clear. And it was probably one of those games where you, if you do nick the first goal, you probably go on and win it by two and three. So it's very frustrating. I'll just stick with you then because a player you mentioned there, uh, Leighton Clarkson, we have seen a few links this week with Rangers and potentially maybe looking at him for a move. I'm not sure if it's one that Michael Beale worked with in the past. Reese might be able to tell us that, but is he someone that would interest you if, if Rangers were looking to go that way? He does look a good player, but is it someone that's going to come in and take us to the next level that we're looking for right now? I think so. I mean, based on what I've seen, and that's that's very, very little. I think I've seen all of these games against us. I've saw 
I saw the the game against Celtic up with Tordy. I watched that game as well because I had nothing better to do that day. He doesn't stand out to me. Um, he's a solid player, but do, do you know, see, when I look back at, at players that we have ended up signing for Scottish teams, Ryan Jack never stood out to me as a very, you know, a, a standout player, as a brilliant player, but he's ended up coming in at Rangers and been arguably one of our most consistent performers when he's been on the pitch. Um, so we could be looking at him. I think it's probably one of these 10 years of lazy links. The guy played at Liverpool, he must then potentially be linked with Rangers because of the Gerrard and Bill thing. So I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be annoyed if we moved for him. Oh. Um, but I think it's probably a 10 years and lazy link, that one, if I'm honest. Yeah, Reese, I tend to think the same, to be honest with you. I'm not sure about this Leighton Clarkson link. I'm not also sure about his contract situation at Liverpool, how many years he has left. I don't know if that, year, that deal is running out. So a fee involved, I'm not really sure. It's actually not really one I've looked into because I'm very much with Scott that it's not really a player I think takes us to the next level. Well, what's, what's your thoughts on Leighton Clarkson? Is, is that, is that, a player, that you player you would look at? Look at? Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. I would definitely have a look at him, but I think it is just a bit of a lazy link again. Um, it seems anybody that's worked with Bill when he was at Liverpool at the same time as Bill was as a youngster, um, actually on loan for Liverpool now. But I, I remember Bill in December had said he knows him from Liverpool. So he's obviously got that connection there. Whether or not there's any truth in the rumours, I wouldn't believe. I think if we are wanting to compete in Europe, and especially at the top of the league, we've got to be aiming higher than Lane Clarkson. And I hope that Bill saying we're not going to look at QPR players and stuff is an indication that he sees our levels a lot higher than that as well. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I mean, I'd like to think so anyway. I'm not sure that we can go down the route of just bringing in players that Michael Beale has worked with. Unfortunately, I think we need to be a wee bit broader in our, our search for players. And I have to agree with you, Leighton, Leighton Clarkson's probably just not one that would be on my list. But I do I do agree with Scott a lot that he said that he does look a good player. Um, I'm just not sure if he takes Rangers to the next level where we want to be. SBFL level definitely looks the part and, and probably probably looks too good to play in this league, could probably go down south and play in the championship now, so that may be the next move for him. Another interesting one, just before we move on about Aberdeen, I believe Graham Shinney's still out of this game. Uh, I think his ban is still uh, part of this, so that's obviously a bit of a plus for Rangers. He's done well since he came back on loan this season for, for Aberdeen, so look... Good, good team. They've showed it, obviously, in the last uh, couple of months since Barry Robbs came back in. I think I touched upon this in the preview a couple of weeks ago for Aberdeen. I did like some of the recruitment they'd done in the summer. They lost a couple of big players for big fees, and, and they've managed to bring in players that have you know managed to prevail them to third. Of course, it didn't look like that earlier on in the season, but I think they deserve credit for some of that. But what we'll do is now we'll move on to Rangers. I'm sure we're all buzzing to talk about this Rangers team at the moment. Uh, of course, we come into this game... Yes. After a, a difficult defeat last weekend against Celtic Hamden in the Scottish Cup semi-final. And I'm not really sure it's worth diving into the details of that game. I think we've covered it extensively uh, through the podcast, through the week. So we'll, we'll try and look forward. Scott, you touched upon it there in your, in your answer that, you know, it was really important we get a result this weekend. You know, what what kind of response are you expecting from this Rangers team? And, and you know, how important are the kind of big players in that changing room right now? Because I would imagine that, Ibrooks is definitely going to be a, a suppressed atmosphere. I'm not sure it's going to be toxic because I think the fans have accepted that the season is essentially over. So I'm not sure I'm not sure if that anger is going to be there on the surface, but it's certainly not going to be a very nice environment to play in 
and Sunday, I would imagine, for these Rangers players. So what kind of response are you expecting from this Rangers team? It's going to depend a lot on on when we get to talking about the squad. It's going to depend a lot on the lineup um, and who's in there. But a lot of these players are going to have a point to prove, um, especially if they're going to be around next season. Um, so we're, we're, I'm looking at players like potentially if he plays Fashion Sakala, he's got a lot to prove to the Rangers support. I think that's again we don't want to dwell too much on the on the old firm games, but that's two old firm games in a row now where he's missed guilt-edged opportunities. We should be sinking the ball into the back of the net to equalise. So he's a player that really has a point to prove. We need to see him being more clinical, being a little bit more passionate and a bit a bit more concentrated in in, in doing what he should be doing. We need to cut out the mistakes in defence. Um, we need to stop this. We don't ever want to see what we saw at the weekend ever again. But we need to stop these silly mistakes and being so feeble and weak defensively. I suppose you're just looking for a bit of passion all round for all the players, if I'm totally honest. Um, they need to show that they want to be here and they want to play here. I'm hopeful there's going to be a few tactical tweaks um, for the Aberdeen game. Um, might not happen, but if there is, and we start seeing players that maybe were either out of favour or you know one day is high up in the pecking order, then they've also got a point to prove as well. So really, really I just like a performance. Um, yeah, I think the, the word you spoke about there, passion, that's a good one. I think a, a, I think a freshness is what we need at the moment as well with this Rangers team. I think we need to see, you know, some players come into this side that haven't been there at the moment and, and can hopefully bring a wee bit of, you know, a rejuvenation to this squad because, you know, that that's a tough tough defeat last week, you know, that ultimately ends your season. I would imagine it's not been a, a very enjoyable place to be this week at Auchenhowie. I would imagine it's been very difficult for the players to pick themselves up. And that's why I always refer to the the kind of big characters in that change room, your Conor Goldsons, your James Taverniers, your Alan McGregor's, you know, even your, I know criticism comes his way, but John Lundstrom, you're expecting these guys to kind of pull this squad through. Reese, what about yourself then in terms of, you know, Scott's touched upon there that, what does he kind of errors been cut out about a wee bit of passion for this team? What what are you want what are you expecting to see from this Rangers team? What are you wanting to see? Pretty much about the same as Scott. I want to see a Rangers team that came out and go, you know what, we might have got beat last week, but we're certainly better than Aberdeen. I want to see a Rangers team that came out and assert the fact that we are better than Aberdeen, we're a level above, which we should be. Um so I want I, I want to see us come out, put a marker down, get an early goal set the tone and match Aberdeen physically because that is, a, I assume, how that Aberdeen team will approach it. They'll try and kick you, they'll try and be in your face and they might go man for man. But if they're doing that, I want to see every player in the park being able to show that they can match Aberdeen coming for them because I think that's what they might do. And if you weren't before, I think now you're certainly playing for your future. Yeah, I have to agree. What about the... I'll stick with yourself, Henry. What about the... Scott touched upon there, the kind of tactical approach. Do you expect anything different from Michael Beal? Because if you are bringing, you know, different players in from this squad that maybe haven't been playing, you maybe have to adapt slightly. Um, for example, uh, Borna Barisic and Ridvan Yilmaz both play in the same position, but they're both very, very different fullbacks, right? Are, we, are you expecting to see Michael Beal go for a different approach or do you think it will very much be how we've played this season with Michael Beale until the end of the year and we'll see the change in pre-season? What do you think? No, I think it will be much of the same. I don't think, I think Beale's a very principled guy. I don't think he's going to have much adaptation from the way he wants to play. 
I mean, there might be a few tweaks, but I can't see there being drastic changes. And especially with the run Aberdeen are on in that now, I think later on in the split, we're more likely to see wholesale changes. I don't think you can afford to lose at Aberdeen, lose against Celtic at Hamden, and then lose at Aberdeen at home. So I don't think there will be widespread changes as much as we think. And I think it'll be a game we need to go stronger. Yeah, I think that's fair. Scott, I just wanted to come back to you quickly before we moved on and, and maybe talk about some of the players we'd like to see and ultimately some of the players we don't want to see this weekend because I know that's been rife within the, the Rangers community this week. You spoke about the result, right? And you and you spoke about what to see errors cut out. In terms of an overall performance, how important do you think that is this weekend? I know that there isn't a lot to play for now for this season other than individual players maybe showing that they want to be here. But how important for you is to just to see an all round an all round team performance, and you know the guys that are here want to be here, and and they're striving for better because where we are right now obviously isn't good enough. So does a performance have to come with the result this weekend, especially leading into such an important game next week in the split? Yes, normally after a defeat like that, especially and again it's an, it's another game where if things went slightly differently, we could have won it potentially. But normally after a defeat like that, the performance isn't important and you just want to get the result and get out of there and then build on that. But for this one, for me, the performance is going to be everything. These players are playing for the pride, I suppose, of the club. Um, we need to go out here. We've got five games left. We need to win all five of them. There's no if, buts, or maybes about it. Um, there's obviously there's the, there's a niggling bit at the back of your mind, though. Um, and I, I didn't want to be the one to mention this. I was hoping that Reese would kind of catch me before I did it. Um, where we potentially, if we do win this game, we're then into a title decider at Ibrooks the, the following game. So for me, it's, it's vitally important that if we win this game, that we then take that momentum and carry it on. So the performance is very, very key. It can't just be a back-to-the-wall 1-0 victory and get out of there. It needs to be good performance, build on it next week, take that victory and build some momentum because we cannot afford to lose the league iBooks. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think we just need to see a, a clinicalness about this team now. I think we've we've established that kind of where the problems are, but I think we do have enough, you know, within that front line to be scoring more goals than we are or taking more chances than we are. And unfortunately we're just not doing that at the moment. Uh, and it'll be interesting once we come on to the next subject here of you know how we're going to actually do that because I think a lot of the Rangers fans this week have felt that two of our key players shouldn't be in that starting eleven on Sunday, um, and it'll be interesting to see if if you both agree. So, Reese, we'll start with yourself then. Um, you can take this any way you want. You can talk about more who you want to see in rather than who you don't want to see in. I suppose they both you know correlate with each other. Who who do you really really want to see get a chance this weekend? Because I think everyone is the same. And I think this is something I spoke about before our, our Sunday podcast last week, that I think this is the most aligned the Rangers support has been in a long time. You know, I, I think the Rangers support disagree on quite a lot as the season goes, but I think most people agree now that they don't want to see a lot of these key players in the team going forward, right? And they want a freshness. They want to see guys get a chance. So for you, who, who are the most important players you want to see come in? And ultimately, and also who do you want to see come out? I think the support collectively have now got a body of evidence on certain players that they're not cutting it or we don't want to see certain aspects of the game again. I would have... I want to see Matondo coming in. I think he's looked promising in the brief spells he's had on. 
I'd like to see Arfield in there to set the tone. I don't think he's had much opportunity and with the prospect of him being offered a new deal, which I think he'll get, he's got to play for it. He's got to prove that he's worth it. Rather than just being there for morale, you should still be able to come on that park and beat Aberdeen. At least match their centre mids, whoever it might be, and play well. I'd like to see Yilmaz at left-back. Don't think Barisic has been anything awful this season. I'd just like to see him justify that fee as soon as possible. I don't think we can afford to drop Morelos as much as I'd probably like to. I think him and Kent, for me, write them off. Don't think we should start Kent. Who are we playing the left-hand side? Then's a bit of a, it's up for debate. I don't know, to be totally honest with you. But I don't think we've got anyone with Cholak's injury able to step in for Morelos. So I think he's got to start Ryan Kent, possibly. Just to just to stick with yourself in recent terms of Alfredo Morelos, you're talking about there that you know we can't afford to drop him. And I think throughout the season, uh, I think I would agree with that. And you're in an unfortunate position that you don't really have anyone else challenging him. With you know Antonio Cholak's been injured for quite a while now, but is there not? You know, can a lot of fans not say at this point? You know, we don't have anything really to play for. Why is Alfredo Morello still playing at number nine when clearly this guy does not want to be here? But you know, what would you say to to a fan if if they were to give you that point of view? They absolutely could, but I would ask them to point me to who comes in instead. Because you've got Tillman's cropped, you've got Cholak's cropped, Sakala's no scoring a month of Sundays, and you know we've seen last night. Lovelace didn't do his sell any favours, plus it's pretty close to be playing two matches, I'd assume. And then, I don't know, you drop down to guys like Robbie Ewer and stuff, who are very, very unproven at that level. And if you're playing against what's a team that have established themselves as the third best team in the league, played 7-1-7, seven, seven, conceded one, show me who you would bring in instead. I do get that he should be gone. But rather than focusing on the problem, focus on the solution because I don't think there is one. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I like that phrase. I'm going to start using that one. Scott, we'll come to you then on the you know the players coming in and out. Uh, and you can obviously give me your your point of view on Alfredo Morelos. I'm starting myself to tend to you know towards the sides of he just shouldn't be playing now, to be honest. And regardless of tactical approach and who else is coming in, and and Reese's points are perfectly valid, and I agree with where he's coming from. I'm just probably at that point now where I'm I think I've finished him, and I don't really want to see him play for Rangers. Regarding Alfredo Morelos, and I know you had a very strong opinion on Ryan Kent this week. I think you might have been like myself and something switched last weekend after that performance. So, you know, what are you feeling about these two guys playing this weekend? Do you, can you understand if, if one or two of them play or are you very much don't want to see them again? Where do you stand? Um, I'm, I'm actually in both camps, if I'm totally honest. I okay. don't want to see either of them again, but I could totally understand either of them being picked. Reese is absolutely spot on. Who else is there? From Morelos, there really isn't he. It would be great if Kemar Roof made a miraculous recovery and could play. 
not going to happen. Um, I don't want to see Ryan Kent for me is, is and this is personal for me, is, is the worst offender of the two um, because he just seems to have down tools recently. He just seems to have thrown his toys at the tram and decided that he no longer wants to play for Rangers and I find that it's, it's unacceptable, especially for the money that's forked out for him. Um, one is his second highest transfer fee we've ever paid for a player. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's putting in performances like he did at the weekend there. Don't want to see him again. Morelos is a, is a must for me again, like he says, because you can't trust Sakala up there on his own. He saw it against Aberdeen, guilty his chance to score, puts it right to the keeper when he's got a full goal to aim for. So Morelos has to start for me. Um, in terms of other positions, Reese has pretty much stole my thunder. I was, I was looking through the Machinac hopeful lineup, not my expected lineup previously. Um, but I had the exact same. The only one I'd like to see, but again, I know there's probably an injury issue still there, is Robbie McCrory. I think, just yeah. like with Ken Morelos, I think McGregor, unfortunately, is overstayed his welcome um, at the club. And I think we need to move him on last season, but we desperately need to move him on at the end of this season um, if we're to basically go anywhere as a club. Other other positions, John Sutter. I'd like to see John Sutter ahead of Ben Davies. I think he's deserved the chance to play. Never know, Bill might go to a back three and play all three of them. It, it, it could potentially happen. Um, apart from that, Reese's small, and I think his assessment, Matondo is one that deserves a chance. See, I would raise the point with Davies, though, that I think he gets a rough time off our support, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would quite like him to prove himself that he's competent and able, at least. Like, although he's had a few howlers in old firm games, they're playing against the best team in the country. It could happen. But I'd like to see him come out and establish himself as, at least in every other game, I'm going to be comfortable and able to play and start well. Do you know what I mean? Rather than, I think, most recent memory being that howler. I'd like to see him come out and just assert himself and kind of build evidence that he is confident and able. I'm not basically throwing a a dice between the two of them. I'm not saying it's one or the other. I like both of them and I think we do need the rotation of the the centre-backs. I just think Suter just coming back for an injury. It's about time he get game time, and you're not going to draw Connor Goldson alongside him. Could be the time to not play Goldson though, because he did come back for that old fun game. Do not. I think he, if he came back for that, then you might just go right. We rushed you back there, and we take that one off. Yeah, Reese, you're you're actually spot on. That's exactly what I was just about to say. So you beat me to it. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if Connor Goldson doesn't play this weekend. I think it looked like they were keeping him in kind of cold storage to make that that old firm semi final. Now he's made it. Is it very much you take him out again and give him another week leading up to a, another big old firm game? Maybe. Um, of course, we're we're recording this the day before the press conference, so we might find out more about that in due course. Uh, just a couple of things you said there, Scott, I wanted to pick on. First of all, the Ryan Kent one, uh, and I think you're spot on in what you've said there. I, I, I have a lot of problem with Ryan Kent at the moment because he was never one of the players I really looked at that didn't give everything he had for Rangers, and, and he never had, even if even if Ryan Kent was having an absolute stinker of a game, he would still show for the ball and he would still try and make some stuff happen. And I think there's certain I think there's certain times where I've watched Ryan Kent and I felt going to stop asking for the ball because you're having a nightmare, right? But that that shows bravery in the sense that he's willing to still take it. He's still trying. That last weekend was a guy that wasn't willing to to do the hard yards anymore. He'd clearly checked out for some reason or another. There's been rumors this week that he wasn't actually fit. Um, and maybe that's why he was taken off at half time. 
again, that probably has to come into it, but I still didn't see enough on the day to really think, oh, this is a Ryan Kent that's playing for Rangers. Another one you picked up on there was Fasha Zakala. And, you know, playing through the middle as a number nine is a, a kind of replacement from Alfredo Morelos. He can't play there. I don't know if either of you agree with me, but he just does not have the clinicalness in his game to play through the middle. He needs to come off the sides. And unfortunately, we're now playing a system that we don't really play wingers. So again, it comes back to his fashion, does fashion Sakala, even though he's had poor performances in the last couple of weeks, does he actually really fit this squad anymore with Michael Beale? And I think that's why I said on Sunday, he might be actually one of the ones that probably moves on this year if, if a bid comes in. So yeah, a couple of interesting points here I thought we'd pick up on. I'll stick with yourself though, and Scott, just I'm curious to what your, your thoughts on this because we we seen the under-18s cup final last night, right? And there's been a lot of chat around, of course, bringing in uh, players from, you know, the, and fringe players or B-team players, under-18 players to get an opportunity towards the end of the season, right? And I think we've seen two of them last night in Zach Lovelace and Bailey Rice. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, Zach Lovelace did not have a great game last night. Unfortunately, was red-carded. Uh, Bailey Rice looked okay in spells, but it was a bit of a frantic game that you can't really assess, right? Where, where do you lie on the kind of the B-team players getting a chance towards the end of the season? Are, are there any players in there that you feel are actually ready to step up, or do you think it's going to be very much we're just going to use the squad that Michael Beale has right now in terms of first-team players? What do you think? For these next two games in particular, I don't expect or want to see any of the kids thrown into that sort of environment. These are must-win games, um, so it's not good probably for their mentality if they're flung into them, um, and they might just not be ready particularly. Towards the end, so after the Celtic game in particular, I'd love to see somebody like Bailey Rice come in. I've, I've heard nothing but good chat about him. He's physically apparently really ready for this level, and technically he looks a fantastic player, so love to see it. Lovelace, I don't know how his suspension works in terms of does it ban him for games going forward. Um, so I, I don't know. But again, heard nothing but good things about the about the boy other than the, the red card um, yesterday, which I've seen it debatable whether it's a second yellow, but hey, we, we, we move with those sorts of things. Um, so no, I think next two games we stick with not tried and trusted, but at least, as you say, that core group that, that Michael Beale knows and trusts. Um, and then after that, we can start experimenting because at that point, the league is completely done and over. We don't need to worry about anything anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I'm interested in your view on this as well, Reese. I know you you had a point, kinda, I think it was either last weekend or the weekend before when we played Aberdeen. And I think you were saying that you weren't convinced by the bench that day. You don't necessarily just go to the bench for the sake of it. You've got to have guys coming on that you feel can make an impact, which is perfectly fair. And that probably shows where Michael Beale is with this squad at the moment because he doesn't really, he's not utilising a lot of players that you would have expected to see more minutes in. Guys like Ridvan Yilmaz, Yanis Hadji's a big one as well. Doesn't look to be getting really a, a look in at the moment and you would expect him to get more. You know, what, what do you think about the, the kind of B team under 18 integration? I think, I think last night maybe showed that the younger boys are maybe just, there's still a wee bit to go, but is there anyone in the B team that you would like to, like get, to get a, a chance? chance? So I was just having a look through the squad there, and in terms of forwards, because I think that's where opportunities lie, especially since we're all absolutely desperate to get Kent and Morelos away. Um, maybe Aaron Lyle, he looks physically ready for it. As Scott said, last night, Bailey Rice looked ready. He looked very calm on the ball. He just seems to do everything with a bit of calmness and ease. 
Um, I'm more certain about B-team players, but having mentioned Hadji, which it probably speaks to his availability recently and how well he's performed, he could be one of the ones to play in the wing. I didn't have a Kent replacement as much as I would like to see him out of the team. He could possibly play in the left or the right. So if we're switching, say, Sakala or Matondo onto the left, then Hadji could play off the right and come onto the left, which would be quite a good show, actually. I think Giannis Hadji definitely suits this Buell system, doesn't he, in terms of those kind of central wingers, as, as they're known as, or the 10s or whatever. But surprisingly, we've just, we've just not seen him. And uh, I don't know what that means for the summer. Maybe, again, we're maybe expecting too much from Yanis Hadji. He was out for a year, and, and maybe it's going to take him a wee bit of time to come back. The the player you mentioned there, and, and, and Scott mentioned it as well, Bailey Rice did look very assured last night when I watched that game. Uh, very much looked that kind of modern-day number six, a guy that sits in the middle of the park, is comfortable taking the ball, whatever it is, and his weight of pass was really good last night, which I think is something... And a young player that maybe takes a wee bit of time, but he was he was pinging the ball around the park, so it was really good to see. He's definitely someone I have high hopes for, but again, his age, plenty of time for these guys to come through. Uh, and I think for me, I, I think I would just utilise the squad till the end of the season and maybe not throw boys into the environment last. But it's a it's a perfectly, you know, valid debate to have. It's been rife all week, and and a lot of people want the the B team players and under eighteen players to get a chance, and there's no problem with that, you know. It, how are you really ever going to know if these guys have got what it takes to play for Rangers if, if you don't see them playing? So I totally understand that. So, Reese, we'll, we'll, we'll come to you first then uh, on your kind of expected lineup for the game. We've spoke about who you want to see, but this is the interesting part. You've now got to put yourself in Michael Beale's shoes and what you think his lineup's going to be. So, so what do you think he's going to go with on Sunday against Aberdeen? Do you think he's going to go the kind of tried and trusted or is he going to take a bit of a risk in some of his selections? What do you think? So I think he'll go McGregor and goals because Scott alluded to, I think McCrory's maybe getting an injury issue. Other than that, I think he would throw McCrory in. We've obviously seen him chucked into old thumb games before in the past, so he's obviously played that level. But I reckon it'll be McGregor. Um, I believe Barisic maybe picked up a knock at the weekend, so I'd be inclined to say we'll see Yilmaz on the left, Tavern right, Purely because we don't have a right back, really. I don't think he'll throw Adam Devine into a game against Aberdeen. Whether he rests Goldson on, though, I, I would predict Davies and Suter. I think Suter's right footed anyway, Suter will play in the right. If I'm a 2 3 of Jack still out, so you'll get Lundstrom, Raskin, Cantwell. Don't think there'll be much change there as much as I'd like to see it. And then, as I say, just because of a lack of potential replacements it will be Matondo, Morelos, Hadji I'll go bold and say he'll go with Hadji purely out of hope What's quite interesting here is I think these predicted lineups are going to be the most varied we've ever had on the podcast because it really is a difficult one no one really knows where the, the you know the headspace of the manager right now so Scott what about yourself then what are you expected to see from Michael Beale I can see you grinning already so <laughs> it's as if you're not really sure where to go here. So, so what do you think? Oh, you're on, you're on mute. 
Sorry, mate. There we go. Um, so no, you've used okay. the word. You've used the word varied, um, and I'm pretty much going to go like for like with what, what Reese has said. Um, bar two, I think. Uh, bar two position. So I'm going again with McGregor and goals. Just again with the, the potential injury to McCrory. I don't think he's ready to come back in. Uh, Tav and Yilmaz, absolutely the same as as what Reese is saying. We don't have a right back, and Bonner thinks picked up an injury. But regardless, I'd like to see Yilmaz given a run towards the end of the season. He's not experimental in the same way that Bailey Rice is. He is a first-team player, so he should be given game time. I'm expecting Goldson and Suter. I wrote that down before the start of the pod, but every point that you guys have made is completely valid. totally understand it. So potentially, Goldson might drop out of that, and then it's Suter and Davies, and I've got no problem with that, if that if that has to be. Um, midfield three are Raskin, Lundstrom and Cantwell. Absolutely the same as Reese. I've got Matondo, Morelos, but then I've got Sakala up front. Talked about him, don't want him to play, can't stand the way he plays sometimes, I love his big grin, but I just think he, it's, it's necessity, but I don't think Hadji is ready to come back in, we saw him for what, five minutes against Celtic, um, I don't think he's got that full 90 minute fitness, so I think we're going to see him Sakala again unfortunately, but I love him, Ravi Matondo, he's not had a lot of game time, but he's looked a different player to what he did the first half of the season, so I think he deserves a wee run in this, the team towards the end of the season. I think he looks like he's bulked up a bit, Scott. I don't know if you agree. It looks like a guy that when he's been out injured, he's he's tried to make the most of it. And and look, there's been a lot of criticism surrounding Ravi Matondo, eh, a lot feeling that the fee maybe wasn't worth it. But see if you're out injured and, you, and you're not getting a look in that team, see if you're doing everything you can behind the scenes to get into that team at some point, then that's a good professional for me. And, and let's hope this boy can get a good run and, and can bounce back and goes into the next season flying. Let's hope for that anyway. I'm actually, I'll give you my team, and uh, I, I think I'm, I, I'd like to think usually I'm right kind of down the line, but actually I've kind of went off course here, so I think it'll be McGregor, Tavernier, I think you're both right with Goldson, I think we might see him rested, so I'm going to go Suter, Davies, and Redvan. Uh, originally I had Barisic, but Reese made a good point, that uh, he did come off with a knock at the weekend, that's a really good point, so he probably won't be risked. Uh, and midfield, I'm going to go a bit different one here, and I don't think people are going to like hearing this, but I'm going to go Lundstrom, Kamara, and Arfield because I think Raskin's been playing with an injury for a couple of weeks, and I think he'll just take him out and give him a rest. I think that's one we've maybe missed up on. I think he'll push Cantwell forward one with Matondo and Morelos. I cannot see... Fashion Sakala getting the go ahead to, to play this game from the start after last weekend. I realize that I'm probably going to get absolute dogs abuse after this podcast for suggesting Glenn Kamara comes back into this team. But I think if you're going to rotate at some point, it's probably now. So if 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 Raskan needs a rest and he needs to rest up for the for a big game this weekend, then this is the time to do it, right? Don't worry about risking anything when it comes to him. So yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm usually right down the line, as I said, but I obviously went completely off course here, so uh, that's hilarious. But Reese, we'll come to you first then. Score prediction, what are you going for? 3-0 Rangers. But I'll, I'll caveat my team selection, right? And I never thought of this until just there. I think on the right-hand side of the front three, you will actually see Scott Arfield. I think in the similar sense that you said Cantwell could be pushed forward, Looked at Aberdeen's um, possession control map, whatever, earlier. And other than your own half, the only place in their half that showed that they are comfortable for the opposition to have the ball is in the wide areas. I think it's something to do with them having a back five. But uh, aye, if we're not going to get space and they're going to camp it out, I reckon having somebody like Arfield in the front three 
because you're going to have majority of possession anyway. You don't really need a lot of pace. Then could happen. Bye. Three 0 Rangers. That's a bold prediction. I've already convinced you round to my team there, Reese. You've already brought Arfield in. It would be Glen Kamara next if we kept going, but I'll save you. I'll save you from that. Yeah. Scott, what do you think then? Neil's doing the transfer, so he might have that we need to protect Kamara's value for punting them. So Maybe you might you could be right. That could be it. Put them in the shop window, as they say, isn't it? Uh Scott, what about you then? What's your scoreline? What are you going for? Are you going to be as positive as Reese here? Because three 0 is is out there, I think, for this Rangers team at the moment. So what do you think? I'm I'm not talking to you anymore after suggesting Glenn Kamara. If I'm honest, I told you it's happened. Um, I'd rather have what they Gordon Ramsay in there than I think Glenn Kamara. Bring that back. It's going for your restaurant. Um, I've went for two one Rangers. I think I think we'll eke out a result here. Um, I know I said earlier on that the performance is key, but I think um, it's time to admit that this squad is weak mentally, um, and I think they're going to struggle across the line. They're not going to get a good performance in, and then we're all going to be shaken. Um, come full time because we know that potentially that mob might win the league at Ibrox the following week after if we put in a performance like that. Um, especially if Glenn Kamara plays in midfield because I think he has shown a complete lack of desire at times this season as a Rangers player. Um, I, I know one of the boys uh, personally and he, and he said that it looks like Glenn Kamara's playing with beats on. That he's so unaware of his surrounding. Um, so I think it's it's very possible that we get beat if Glenn Kamara plays, unfortunately. But, you know, I'm, I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong. It wasn't that long ago that Glenn Kamara was the best thing to slice bread. So if he can have a redemption up, now's the time to initiate that and go forward. Uh, 2-1 Rangers and then a squeaky bum time for the rest of the week. Is it? No. Can they not win the league at Tynecastle, though? If they win at Tynecastle, I think they'll win it. So I, don't, I think we avoid that regardless. I, mean, I think they'll beat Hearts and secure that. Potentially. But th- this is the team, remember, that did throw a result against Aberdeen so that we would end up third in the league. Mm. Yeah, I was going to mention that one myself, to be honest. But yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the if the league goes to next week. Um but obviously we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of your points here on Glenn Kamara in terms of me picking him on my side, uh it's not anything to do with my love of the player over the year in terms of how good he is. I'm pretty convinced Glenn Kamara will move on and I think he should move on because I totally agree with all your points. He's checked out. He doesn't want to be here and he should be sold. Um, I just think we don't really have anyone else to come in if, if Raskin's carrying something. So he just seems to be the kind of automatic pick. So yeah, that's an interesting one. I was actually going to go with the same scoreline as you, Scott. Me and you are not feeling as positive as Reese. Clearly, I was going to go for 2-1, but what I'll do is I'll add another goal on it so that, uh, yeah, we're Reach. not all on the same. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to... I'll stay as positive as possible right now in this podcast. I'm going to go for three one Rangers. Let's hope that we can we can get over the line. Uh, but that's us. Uh, that's been the, the match preview for the Aberdeen game. Remember, we've got the, the post match reaction from the press country on Sunday. I think that'll be Kyle and Craig. So definitely look out for that. They'll cover all the game and everything that's happened. Remember, you can find us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can uh, follow, subscribe to the podcast and all the normal podcast platforms as well. We're out there. And yeah, if you enjoyed the content here, subscribe to the channel. Give the video a like. It, it really helps us out. It means we can continue to do this. And yeah, all that's left to do now is, is thank my guest, Scott. Thanks for joining me. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, you, you you went up and down there, Scott. You were negative at some points, positive, and you know you, you maybe finished in that, uh, let's say a semi-positive note eh, with the scoreline. So... <laughs> We'll take it. We'll take it at the moment. We need anything. Reese, 
again, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Enjoy that. Yep, and, and thanks for everyone listening. Remember, uh, let us know in the comments, you know, who, who you'd like to see come in this weekend. It's it's one that's up in the air, and I've seen a lot of Rangers fans with lots of different opinions on that, so it'd be good for everyone to get involved in the comments and let us know. And yeah, that's been us. That's been the match preview, and yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Podcast Network. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.